0: I'm Arlene Bunnen sitting in this evening for Alex Pearson. I hope you're having a fantastic Friday night as we were just talking about the Raptors, all that excitement is permeating just about everything that is happening in the city and around. And let's face it, Ontario, the country, the whole thing. I want to follow up. We're going to follow up in a story that that you just heard in our newscast there. And it is about Bradley Barton. He's an Ontario trucker. And the Supreme Court has ordered a new trial for him for manslaughter in the death of Cindy Gladue in Edmonton. so um, this whole story is... Going to reverse a lot of things. And it also is connected to a lot of the topics that we are discussing when it comes to crime in Canada. And the sexual history of the victim has been brought up, and all the things that seem to be in the middle of a lot of change when it comes to women and it comes to how we investigate these kind of things. Joining us to help out is Jennifer Quaid, Associate Professor of Civil Law. Welcome, Jennifer, thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. All right, when you heard this was being turned around, there was gonna be a new trial, what were you thinking, Jennifer?
1: Well, I think um, most of us agree it's the right result. Um, What was of course, maybe not the the part that we expected was uh, was the, uh, the the fairly lengthy decision and the the pains to which the court goes to uh, to set out uh, a number of things that although they don't really change the law uh, do sort of remind everyone about what the state of the law is and and the particular importance of, of these rules in the context uh, of a case like this where where there is clearly, um, you know, the risk of of, uh, racial stereotypes and other stereotypes uh, coming into play.
0: You know, part of the ruling said that sexual history was mishandled. In what way and how is it exemplary of what you just said?
1: Well, so... It's been the law of Canada for quite some time that um, evidence uh, in relation to the sexual history of the complainant or you know, prior um, uh, situations where that person has engaged in sexual activity is not uh, is not admissible unless um, that relevance can be demonstrated in the context of a special hearing and there are rules about how that has to happen. Um, so there, there were two big big mistakes with, uh, made at trial with regard to this uh, to this case in particular um, and the first was that evidence about um, Cindy Gudu's prior sexual history in particular the prior uh, time that she had um, had sex and, you know, and she was a sex worker, so was sex for money for, with this trucker um, had occurred that was talked about a lot and there was no request for a hearing. There was no determination of the relevance of this evidence. That's the first thing. Mm-hmm. But the second one is that even when this evidence is allowed or part of it is allowed because it's, it's considered to be relevant, it has to be very carefully Um, described and set within parameters uh, in the instructions to the jury, so that the jury does not indirectly, through the back door, engage in the same types of stereotyping that these rules were designed to prevent, which is to say, you know, either that prior sexual history um, suggests that the person is more likely to have consented, or that because of that person's prior sexual history, they are less uh, worthy of belief.
0: All right. You know, there was a lot of outrage, a lot of public outrage about this trial and over how this victim who was indigenous was treated by our criminal justice system. Is this a turning point? Is this going to be a flashpoint on what we do in all these things? Because let's face it, this has come up in a lot of headlines, a lot of stories in our crime year after year. And the focus now, there's a sense that things are different.
1: I, I do believe, I mean, w- w- one cannot predict the future, but let's say where we stand right now, um, seeing this decision come out at this time and based on what has been occurring over the past couple of years and, you know, the backdrop of the Me Too mm-hmm. movement as well mm-hmm. um, and the Murdered and Missing Indigenous Women and Girls you know, Commission, there. I, I think that the length of the decision and the pains to which the court went to address uh, really most of the issues, there were some that they didn't Mm -hmm. deal with uh, in such detail. But really, you know, it's a long decision, but it's actually fairly readable even to the, the, you know, ordinary citizen. I think that's meant to convey the seriousness with which the court views these issues and with which they expect trial courts and all actors in the justice system, be that police, crowns, defense counsel, you know, how they should go forward in this. And, in, and the court did to go to some pains to provide specific instructions with regard to cases that might involve um, Indigenous women and girls, and, you know, the particular care that needs to be taken, because against the backdrop of structural systemic racism, um, it's not enough to just tell people to leave their prejudices at the door, that, you know, there has to be more particularized instruction. So I think that 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 is certainly the hope, is that this will be a turning point. I would add that even, you know, as important and as critically, uh, you know, significant it is to, to address the, the matter of uh, particular of, of Aboriginal people in the justice system, and particularly Indigenous women and girls who are victims, disproportionately victims of sexual assault. I would say that the decision is important just even for plain vanilla sexual assault cases. It sends a very clear message um, banishing a certain number of, of uh, ideas that maybe have, you know, creeped back in, even though mm-hmm. the law is Clear, exactly,
0: and, know, and the word "creep." Shift. Yes. The word "creep" is a is a is a good one here because it happens very very slowly. Also, I mean, this is just a horrible way for for anyone to die. There's a a lot of really dramatic testimony surrounding this. Let me ask you what do you think the driver is here you know we've been talking about whether or not this is a jumping off point is the is the driver the me too movement is the driver the indigenous community here or does the media get it or is the public part of this
1: you know i'm i don't know whether i i could say that it's any one thing i will say that um we are at a time where many of us are, I mean, I'm, I'm talking myself in mean, the mm-hmm. criminal justice community, those of us who, who think and write about this kind of thing, that um, we've been seeing, you know, a string of, of decisions and cases that, you know, raise concerns. And, and so I'm not sure that it's, I'm not sure that that's any one thing. Certainly this particular case um, is is particularly horrific
0: mm, and, it's and horrific. so
1: you know it's a it's a it's a flashpoint of course but sometimes really difficult, sometimes really horrible cases are not the best cases in which to to set out legal legal principles but it turns out that I, I think that actually this decision is is going to be really important but i'm i'm not sure whether it's just a combination of things coming together um, or whether it's just that this case happened to be the come at the right moment for the, the court to, to issue this reminder, many of us are saying, you know what, this case is going into our first-year criminal law case books. Because really? it talks really? about a, It talks about, a, I mean, maybe not all of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a very yeah. long decision. Yeah. Um, but it actually touches on a number of things. It's been written, uh, in my mind, mm-hmm. in a very pedagogical mm-hmm. way. It's been written as kind of, you know, the, the, it really doesn't change the law, but it's it's like, and I, and i think that that's sort of inevitable um you know that there is slippage you know that habits creep back in and it's kind of a reminder this is how things are this is why the things things are like this and let's just add an additional element that we we have to be even more cognizant of, which is the Indigenous reality of the experience, this, you know, very, very problematic existence with colonial justice. And, and I, I you know, at a moment where we're talking about reconciliation, where we're talking about the Me Too movement, I think it's, it's coming at the right time. It's a very it also, significant okay. decision for that.
0: Yeah, and it also talks about consent. It talks about previous sexual activity and these things. I mean, this is a horrific case and, uh, um, as I said, a horrific way to die. And these are also things that come up in assault cases now, and we keep referencing Me Too.
1: Yes, I think that you know, in some ways, the, if I'm just speaking mm-hmm. from, from my own, you know, mm-hmm. plain vanilla criminal law professor perspective, um, this case is a is a very uh, useful reminder of, of some very basic criminal law rules about you know how we evaluate something like consent which is which is not a it's it's not something you can see so it is a trickier thing to prove and there and there are the rules about it but also that because of the context in which sexual assault occurs we have special rules that um, that have to be brought into play because we need to be aware of how much baggage you know this kind of crime comes with and and the kinds of attitudes that are there. And then, you know, the natural extension towards considering additional stereotypes uh, that are even, you know, more endemic in relation to, you know, the, the racism that, that's behind this. So it's a, it is a it is a very significant decision. I would say one of the, the clear things that comes out is the court says, you know, we have to be very careful. Um, you're not allowed to, you know, have your own personal opinion of, of the law. And mm-hmm. if you make mistakes about the law, um, the law of consent, you know, that's that's not acceptable, and and although we all knew that, we all knew that that was true. It just seems like this um, this decision
0: has been put
1: crystal clear uh, in a way that I think is going to resonate maybe more strongly. Sometimes you know uh, the law changes before people are ready for it, and sometimes you know the law changes. You got to push it along. <laughs> yeah. You got to push it along. Yeah, I think the, I think the, this yeah. is coming at the right time mm-hmm. for people to hear it as well. Maybe that's.
0: What yeah, it is. It. Everybody's it Jennifer, I, I I want to ask you though, what what is your take on this manslaughter charge on as compared to first degree murder? I mean, we're not gonna go through all the details here, but they are horrible uh, the way that Cindy died here. Uh
1: there is uh no question that, you know, the facts of this case are horrible. I mm-hmm. I sort of, you know, I shudder. Just thinking about it, I think all women, you know, read these facts. But
0: is that manslaughter? We ask.
1: Well, okay. So, unfortunately, uh, I'm going to try to make this very, very uh, simple. That so, one of the, the the issues is that this is an appeal, right? That the Supreme Court is coming in on an appeal. This was a a verdict of acquittal. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm.
1: In our justice system, we actually, in Canada, allow appeals of acquittals, that is to say crown appeals, mm-hmm. uh, in more circumstances than many other jurisdictions. But nevertheless, you know, the recognition is that we, ha- we can only intervene to overturn an acquittal when there are very serious grounds to do so. So the, re- the, the, the scope for the court to intervene is limited to begin with, but they found that there was a very serious error with regard to the instruction, with, with regard to how... Uh, the evidence of prior sexual consent, uh, prior sexual activity was allowed in, and the way it wasn't properly uh, cautioned, and all that kind of thing for the jury. And that's the primary error that they talk about. But there are other errors. But something, and this was the point that the majority and minority disagreed about, was the significance of, of errors in relation to uh, what Mr. Barton did after. The alleged you know and I have to say alleged because it hasn 't been proven in court after the um, alleged attack is and that that is the thats sort of the, the the point where where the difference between manslaughter and murder comes in. There was not um, unanimity in fact there was a there's a severe uh, difference of opinion between the experts as to what caused this laceration this eleven centimeter laceration um, in cindy La- Gladue's vaginal wall and Unfortunately, the way that was resolved for the majority in terms of how the how the the facts were put and how the jury sort of came out with its verdict, they conclude that we can't sort of go back and revisit that because the debate was is it was it a sharp object mm-hmm. or was it something else and you say well what, what's the significance of that Well, it's a sharp a lot, object a would be very difficult to argue that there's anything other than an intent to harm or to you know to cause serious injury, whereas the other explanations, and I will spare your listeners what they are, you know, were not quite as clear, and so this is where the difference comes. The key point that the minority, the dissent, says, which with which I, you know, personally, I find that their argument more more convincing, but, you know, we, we all have our positions on this, is they said, look, there were so many problems at trial and so many problems with the way the instructions were given and and such a risk that racist stereotypes come in, and moreover, there's evidence that at least... Indirectly, that was allowed in in the way that people referred to Ms. Gladue, you know, as a as a native prostitute, and and you know, instead of referring to her by her name, yes. um, that 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 just so tainted the entire process mm-hmm. that it, that it should just be whole, heard from the beginning on all charges. The mm-hmm. majority disagreed and said, no, we cannot go back and open the box completely. We can only open it for manslaughter. And I think that it's it's difficult to to explain the the nuance that has to relate to to the evidence and what 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 could be. Uh, sort of considered on the table and off the table for a second trial, but I uh, let's put it this way: it's certainly open to debate, and I think that a lot depends on whether you consider that the entire trial was problematic because of. Uh, a number of errors or whether you're going to really fix on precise errors having caused problems. And, and the majority tend to, to proceed by saying, you know, here are the primary errors yeah. and then here are yeah. some errors that are there, but they're maybe not as significant or they're not enough to, to tip us this way. So I think that's where the difference comes. But I agree with you and I certainly hear, you know, the reaction to sort of say, well, how can this not at least be within the realm of contemplation of murder? Well, a lot of that has to do with, you know, how the evidence was presented and, and, and what kinds mm-hmm. of determinations were. Mm-hmm made with regard to that but it it does not change the fact that it was a horrible horrible event i don't think anyone should take
0: no it doesn't uh, change it but but the charge matters as we know jennifer quaid thank you it was complicated and thank you for helping us through it here this evening thanks a lot
1: Well, thank you for giving me the opportunity to talk about this important case.
0: All right. Jennifer Quaid, associate professor of civil law, as we talk about the Supreme Court ordering that new trial for manslaughter in Cindy Gladue's motel death in Edmonton, making a lot of headlines. And it's going to be there for a while. I'm Arlene Bottom for Alex Pearson. This is Global News Radio.